Hello and welcome back to another revision video. My name is Barbara and in this video I will walk you through a level 8 model answer on Macbeth. Now bear in mind that this Macbeth GCSE question appears in the English Literature Paper 1 exam so I'll walk you through a Macbeth past paper question now and what a level 8 answer looks like. Now do bear in mind that we have a GCSE English Literature and Language course that you can sign up for where you can access this as well as plenty of other level 8 and level 9 Macbeth model essays, revision mind maps, character quotations and revision videos covering of course Macbeth but also lots of other texts that are covered for the GCSE exams as well as how to answer language paper 1 and paper 2 and get top marks which is level 9 in your GCSE exams so do check that out. Now what we'll do in this video is begin by reading this past paper question and then we'll examine the level 8 model answer that I've prepared. Now the question asks, read the following extract from Act 1, Scene 2 and answer the question that follows. At this point in the play, the Scottish army led by Macbeth and Banquo are fighting a Norwegian invasion and a rebel army led by Macdonald. Sergeant. Doubtful it stood, as two spent swimmers that do cling together and choke their art, the merciless MacDonald, worthy to be a rebel, for to that the multiplying villainies of nature do swarm upon him, from the western isles of kerns and gallow glasses is supplied, and fortune, on his damned quarrel smiling, showed like a rebel's whore, but all's too weak for brave Macbeth, well, he deserves that name, disdaining fortune with his brandished steel, which smoked with bloody execution like Valor's minion, carved out his passage till the face a slave, which never shook hands, nor bade farewell to him till he unseamed him from the nave to the chaps and fixed his head upon our battlements. Duncan. Oh, valiant cousin, where the gentleman? Starting with this extract, how does Shakespeare present Macbeth as a powerful character? Write about how Shakespeare presents Macbeth as a powerful character in this extract and how Shakespeare presents Macbeth as a powerful character in the play as a whole. Now, this question, as I mentioned, appears in the Literature Paper 1 exam. Now, what I would suggest, of course, is firstly reading the extract very quickly just to get a general idea. And of course, this is taken from Act 1, Scene 2. So, of course, also highlighting the keywords in the question. So always make sure you try your best to highlight keywords. Of course, it's from Act 1, Scene 2. This is basically when the sergeant, depending on the copy of Macbeth. So sometimes sergeant is changed to captain. Same thing. So he is reporting back to Duncan because the play starts with the battle. The rebellious Thane of Cordor, MacDonald, is uh, basically rebelling against uh, the king, Duncan, and Macbeth and Banquo, who are fighting against him, obviously vanquish him, okay? Now, here, the other key words, of course, are, uh, at this point, the Scottish army. So, of course, also the setting is Scotland. And Macbeth and Banquo are fighting a Norwegian invasion, okay? Now, of course, we then have this extract, and you always get an extract in the question, which you begin with. That's your starting point. However, you also need to look at the question that follows here. So, starting with this extract, how does Shakespeare present in this case that when you're selecting the quotations you know selecting things like language references such as personification similes or even structure references like Caesura and Macbeth so of course the character you're focusing on and you're answering it's about Macbeth and how is he shown as being powerful in the play now, bear in mind, your starting point is the extract that you are given in the exam. However, of course, you are also expected to remember and to memorize quotations from elsewhere in the play to also add to your essay. So, of course, here, as you can see, you're being asked to look at this extract and select two, three points 
from the extract, but then you also want to add an additional one, two, or even three points from the play as a whole. And of course, these points are related to how Macbeth is presented as being powerful. Okay. Now that you've selected your key words, you've read, of course, the extract, you need to select the quotations that you're going to use first off. And I would suggest in your essay, so in an essay of this nature, it's always good to begin, as you can see here with an introduction, and then close the essay with a conclusion. So what we're going to do is we're now going to read what I would suggest is very likely an essay that would get a level eight mark. And I will talk you through why it would get a level eight mark, but also most importantly, why it would miss a level nine mark too. Okay. Now let's begin with the introduction. Shakespeare presents Macbeth as a powerful character through how other characters like the captain and King Duncan admire him. However, we also see the cowardly side to Macbeth in the play as a whole. Indeed, as the play progresses, we learn that Macbeth betrays the king as he is weakened by his ambition for power. Now, I would say this introduction is very strong. It's a good opening. However, what this introduction is missing, firstly, is it would be good to add an extra sentence, maybe how Macbeth, perhaps he's really powerful to an extent. So the additional point I would have made is Macbeth initially at the beginning of the play is presented to us as the audience as very powerful. But by the end of the play, because he's so corrupted by ambition and this greed for power, once he becomes king, he now is the shell of his former self who becomes a very cowardly character. So I think if one were to add that, if you were to add that in your introduction, that introduction would have been probably a very strong level nine introduction. However, don't spend too much time writing your intro. Okay, this is sufficient. A level eight is not a bad mark at all. That is equivalent to an A, okay? However, if you wanted to really solidify that mark and get an A star, which is basically a level nine, you need to maybe have a bit more words in your introduction. Not too much, but it's good, of course, to just add a little bit more and to contrast how he's powerful at the start when he's Thane, when he's respecting the king's authority. However, once he becomes consumed by ambition, he becomes very greedy to stay in power. He becomes weaker at the end. Now let's look at my first point. Macbeth and Banquo are in the Scottish army and are fighting a Norwegian invasion, as well as a rebel army led by Macdonald. Macbeth had just unseamed Macdonald from the nave to the chaps. King Duncan was very pleased with Macbeth and therefore promoted Macbeth from the Thane of Glamis to Thane of Cawdor. Shakespeare presents Macbeth as a powerful character through the use of violent image, as this vivid and gruesome imagery shows just how skillful and fearsome Macbeth is. This quote describes Macbeth's killing in an extremely gruesome manner. The violent imagery portrays Macbeth as a skillful fighter and a reliable general. During the Jacobean era, killing and having battlefield prowess was seen as very admirable. Thus, Macbeth seems to be a powerful character as others perceive him as a loyal warrior who places his life at risk for his country. Now, this is a very, very strong opening first point. And of course, I've taken quotations directly from the extract and seemed from the knaves to the chaps. This is what the sergeant says. And as I mentioned, you can either call him the sergeant or the captain. It depends on your copy of Macbeth. However, calling him captain, that's also correct. Now here, the technique I've used for structuring my responses is point evidence, explanation and link. Okay. And I'm going to use some color coding to highlight this. Okay. So as you can see here, I've begun with the point. Now do bear in mind, I have constantly made reference to the keywords Macbeth being presented as powerful. Okay. So here, Macbeth, they are in the Scottish army and they are fighting. Okay, so here I'm describing what is happening initially without going into too much detail. 
then I add evidence here directly so my point and then my evidence okay and I've talked about unseamed and I've embedded the quotation so it flows as part of the sentence and also of course nave to the chaps then I have added technique here how Shakespeare presents him okay so this is obviously still part of my quotation so here I've mentioned language violent imagery which I'm going to highlight in bold okay and of course this violent imagery is also gruesome okay that's still my word level analysis that I'm doing here now, I've then explained why this quote makes him appear powerful, okay? This quote describes Macbeth's killing in a very gruesome man manner and the violent imagery shows him as a skillful fighter and thus powerful. Then, I've linked it back to the question and added context, which is very, very important. So, I've talked about the Jacobean era. This is when King James was in power. However, again, don't worry. If you see Macbeth and you're taught to see it from the Elizabethan perspective, so this is Queen Elizabeth, do bear in mind that you can also refer to Macbeth as written during the Elizabethan era, okay? But in this case, I've chosen to refer back to the Jacobean era. However, I've added context. I've talked about why contextually he has lots of battlefield prowess. Thus, he is a very powerful character keyword now you might be wondering why is this therefore if you've got point evidence explanation and link okay so you've got point in green evidence in blue explanation in pink and link you've also mentioned the keyword here especially in your link why does this not qualify as a level nine but it falls just short of that at level eight the first reason is i would say the point is good but not strong enough. As you can see here, what you want to do consistently is mention him being powerful, not too indirectly, okay? So of course here, they're fighting a Norwegian uh, rebel army, which is good. However, what could have added is Macbeth and Banco and the Scottish army and fighting the Norwegian invasion, which shows him, which shows Macbeth as being a very powerful character, okay? So it's literally as simple as that. From the outset, you're using the keywords and you're mentioning them very, very explicitly. Now here, I would say the point, the evidence is very, very strong, very, very well developed. However, again, going back to my explanation, I've talked and made it clear that of course Macbeth is killing in a very gruesome manner, which shows he's very, very skillful. He's very adept in the battlefield, which makes him very admirable. However, I've still not mentioned that he's a powerful character. Why therefore we admire him much like the sergeant admired his prowess and what I could have done is maybe added a bit more detail in terms of the fact that he's so skillful means he's extremely powerful he has massive presence on the army battlefield or rather on the battlefield with his army and hence he seems powerful okay the context point however is very very strong and I would say this doesn't need to be extended, okay? I would say actually the, 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 the link where I'm talking about context and talking about the Jacobean era, this is a really, really good example of very strong contextual reference. However, I think what this point falls short of is it's not, the keyword is not mentioned enough. It's only mentioned once in the paragraph in this uh, final bit here, as you can see, powerful character. But also what would have been good is to extend the explanation as well as the point, but just expanding a little bit and thus mentioning why this makes Macbeth seem really powerful, why we admire his battlefield prowess. However, level eight is still a very respectable answer. And of course, this opening paragraph after the introduction is very, very strong. It puts you in a very good position with the person that's marking your paper, okay? So let's move on to my second point. 
Furthermore, Shakespeare also presents Macbeth as a powerful character through showing us as the audience how, in spite of facing hopeless odds against him, he still carried on fighting. Macbeth and Banquo were outnumbered, but were not disheartened. They were described as two spent swimmers that dukling together. This simile shows us that Macbeth powered through, even though he and Banquo were completely outnumbered. It shows his extreme resilience and ability to push through and secure victory for Duncan. The verb cling connotes to holding onto something very tightly, showing us Macbeth's fear, yet in spite of his fear, he acted fearlessly. This description could foreshadow the way in which Macbeth would try to cling onto power as a tyrannical king. This therefore presents just how powerful Macbeth was at the outset of the play, but equally how tragic his downfall is later in the play as he's corrupted by the witches and leading Macbeth into being extremely ambitious. Now again, what I've done is I've began by making my point, which I'm going to highlight once more in green. Then I've added evidence and I've also mentioned technique as part of my evidence. Okay, so again, I'm going to highlight my evidence in blue. And as you can see here in bold, I've mentioned simile. Then I've began by adding a little bit of explanation here before I then mention an additional technique point, talking about how the verb cling in the quotation, the same quotation here. So again, as you can see here, this is language word level analysis. So I've mentioned simile and the verb. Then I've added a little bit more of an explanation, as you can see here. Then I've linked it back to the question and talked about how. Firstly, of course, this shows that Macbeth is very powerful. However, what this description and what this evidence could also hint to us is how later Macbeth tries to cling onto power once he becomes king and once he's corrupted by his wife, Lady Macbeth and the witches. Now, as you can see again, you've got point evidence, then explanation, then a bit of evidence additionally, and then more explanation and a link. And once more, you might be wondering, how is this maybe a level eight? not a level nine. Now, here, in contrast to my first point, I have mentioned Macbeth being powerful in my point, which is good, then that's very, very important. So I'd say the point, as you can see here, it's two lines in a little bit. This is a very, very strong opening point. Moreover, I would argue that this piece of evidence is very, very good especially actually maybe this extra piece of evidence isn't that necessary however this piece of evidence was important and the reason why I thought it would be good to add it is kind of giving a foreshadowing of how he clings to power what is a little bit weak is of course in my explanation I'm talking about how he's resilient but I'm not talking about how this therefore makes us really admire him this therefore really elevates Macbeth in our eyes as the audience again all of this is obvious but I haven't written it down therefore how does the examiner know that I'm thinking this I have not done this okay so this knocks down my explanation a little bit into level eight territory if not level seven territory then I've added the verb and you know done more word level analysis then I've actually foreshadowed, I've looked forward into the play, which is really, really powerful. So actually this now knocks up my explanation once more. However, where I've let myself down in my explanation is just this first bit. I could have maybe talked about how this really elevates Macbeth. We are excited to meet him. Okay, don't forget that we meet Macbeth in Act 1, Scene 3. So two 
uh, two scenes pass before we meet Macbeth, okay? So all of this just builds this massive expectation within us as the audience that Macbeth is this amazing person. And then, of course, when we meet him, we realise that and we can really start seeing a bit of the corruption taking place. I've not made that clear in this point, okay? And hence why, again, whilst this is a really, really strong level eight response, it doesn't hit level nine territory. That being said, however, my link back to the question, and of course, I've also used keywords, powerful, okay? This link is really, really good because I've looked forward into the play. I've looked forward into what happens later in the play and I've made a really clever connection between how the quotation at the beginning, not only does it show him as powerful, but it could foreshadow how he clings onto power, which obviously weakens him as a character later on in the play, okay? So let's carry on into my third point. In addition, Macbeth is also presented as powerful through how highly respected his reputation is. Macbeth is praised very heavily by the captain, who tells King Duncan how brave Macbeth is. For brave Macbeth, well, he deserves that name. The caesura and the adjective brave shows the captain admired Macbeth's tenacious attitude, and he seems extremely powerful. This comment reveals to us as the audience that Macbeth is a hero on the battlefield. Moreover, his title and reputation is not self-proclaimed. Other people have described him as brave, implying that Macbeth is worthy of the praise given to him, thus showing him as extremely powerful as he is so highly revered by so many powerful people in Scotland. Now again, this is a really, really good additional point and I've again selected another third point from what the sergeant says, okay? Now, here, again, I've used the point, highlighting green, the evidence and of course with uh, my evidence I've added technique and specifically I've alluded to structure caesura okay remember interesting punctuation counts as structure and of course I've also added language adjective okay then I've explained okay right here but then I've combined my explanation with my linking back to the question Okay, so you can have explanation and link in the same sentence, okay? Now, I would say the reason why this point, it is good, but it's definitely not a level nine paragraph, is firstly, it's a little bit on the short side, okay? My opening point is good, but it's not as strong as this, okay? So it's good. It mentions the keywords, powerful, and how highly respected he is, but I've not gone beyond that. I've not gone to how maybe this is equally reflected by how much Duncan admires him. My evidence is very strong and in my evidence I've added word level analysis so I've added structure point and a language point so the evidence is perfect. However in my explanation and I'll keep on mentioning my explanation throughout this essay it's good it's level eight but certainly not level nine. Do check out our level nine Macbeth model essay so that you can see the contrast. However this is a really really good uh, explanation but not enough depth and detail, okay? And of course, I've mentioned that this title and reputation is not self-proclaimed. Macbeth is not calling himself powerful. However, it's other people who've described him as brave, which makes him even more powerful in our eyes, right? When you call yourself something, yeah, maybe you can believe it, but when other people give you that reputation, it's not you, it's other people that are calling you that, then that means, you know, your, your title is very legitimate. Now, again, 
what this link is missing is a context point. It would have been good to maybe contextually link this to how at the time during the Jacobean era, how people like Macbeth would have been perceived, especially Thanes who are very, very loyal to the country. They're very loyal to people like King Duncan, how they would have been perceived. And of course, once more, I haven't mentioned enough context in my link, okay? So once more, I would say actually of the points that I've made relating back to the extract, this is probably the weakest of the three, okay? But again, still level eight territory, possibly and arguably a high level seven or a low level eight paragraph, okay? So let's carry on. We also see that Macbeth begins to lose his power in the play as a whole, as he is presented as powerful to an extent. Once Macbeth became Thane of Cawdor, he began to exhibit more greed. He has been given such a huge responsibility, and once he was given new power, he craved for more power. Once Macbeth became Thane of Cawdor, he grew more greedy for power as he reflected on the witches' prophecy. And as the first prediction proved true, he wished to realise the prophecy of being a king very rapidly. Macbeth reflected that while he stood wrapped in the wonder of it came missives from the king. Shakespeare shows just how corrupting the notions of power can be as the theme of ambition is illustrated as he begins to ponder on the possibility of becoming powerful. He further wishes to the, that the stars could hide the fires so they did not see his black and deep desires and alliterations effectively used here to illustrate how ambition has begun to weaken him as a character. In contrast to the extract, this reveals how gradually Macbeth becomes weaker as he is influenced by the supernatural forces of the witches to become a ruthless king. Okay, now this is a good point. And in this paragraph, I now make allusions to elsewhere in the place. So now I'm answering the second bullet point. Now, as you can see, I have a very, very strong point. Okay, so I open talking about how he's powerful, but I've also made it clear that he's powerful to an extent. The limits of his power are also evident to us because once he becomes the end of Cordal, he begins to exhibit more greed. Now, what I then do is I actually jump into an explanation here. Okay, so I haven't followed, followed my point evidence explanation. I've actually done point and then explanation. You can follow that method, but sometimes it can be a bit confusing, okay? And you might find that you over-explain your points too much or you over-explain your evidence too much or rather you over-explain your explanation too much and then you forget your evidence, okay? But you can kind of change the order a little bit. Then here, as you can see, I've added my evidence, support my point. I've added also additional evidence here, okay? And within this additional evidence, I have talked and done word level analysis. I've talked about word level analysis relating to alliteration. And most importantly, here I've added another piece of explanation just before this second piece of evidence and I've mentioned the theme of ambition this is important okay so now I'm talking about theme thematic analysis I'm adding themes which is powerful and very important in your discussion okay you want to mention things like context you want to mention things like themes if you can also symbols okay then I've linked it back to the question and shown how Macbeth to an extent it's powerful, but actually we now start seeing the limits of his power. He's getting very, very corrupted by a sense of ambition, his sense of wanting to be a king. And of course, this weakens him in our eyes, okay? Now, once more, this point is good. And it's very, very important as it links to elsewhere in the play, okay? Moreover, my point, which I begin with, is very detailed. 
I talk about how he changes and he's promoted. And of course, this fits in to the witch's prophecy. This is my explanation right here. Then I'll introduce my first piece of evidence. Now, what would have been better, especially with my first piece of evidence, I should have added some word level analysis from the opening, okay? I have added word level analysis in my second bit of evidence. However, it would have been good if I talked about, for instance, Raptor came missives. This is violent imagery. This is war imagery, right? And this is uh, from the king. Also, you have assonance of O. So stood, wonder, of, from. Okay, you've got assonance there. So I could have also mentioned that. However, what's also really good about my explanation is I've mentioned theme. I've talked about how ambition can be very corrupting. Then I've added more evidence. And here, this evidence is perfect in the sense that I've also talked about both the language, word level analysis, and of course, I've also mentioned theme here, ambition, and how it's weakened him as a character. Now, again, what I think is the failing of this paragraph and why it would be limited to level eight rather than level nine is the link to. Now with this link, what would have been really better in terms of strengthening this paragraph is by adding the context of how a lot of people during the Jacobean era were very superstitious, witches were seen as bad omens and witches were seen as very corrupting. Therefore, Macbeth was mistaken here in trusting the witches and the prophecies. And of course, this also makes him weaker, less powerful. The fact that he's feeble enough to listen to the witches rather than being completely deaf to what they say, as lots of Jacobean people would see the witches as bad omens, the agents of chaos. That would also be contributing to making us see him as gradually weaker. So I could have added it here and that probably would have taken my point and this paragraph to a level nine paragraph. Now let's look at my final point before I conclude. Macbeth can also be perceived as an extremely cowardly character and his visions represent his guilt. He hallucinates and sees the ghost of Banquo. He explains, thou canst not say I did it. Never shake thy gory locks at me. This exclamatory sentence spoken about Macbeth to Banquo's ghost means that Macbeth refuses to take the blame for Banquo's murder. While Macbeth didn't commit the actual murder, as he sent murderers to do the deed, he does feel very guilty. As he hallucinates and sees Banquo's ghost at his royal banquet, Macbeth tells Banquo that he cannot taunt him with his death. Macbeth is presented as a weak character as he is unable to accept responsibility for the betrayal of his friend, as well as how his greed for power has caused Banquo's death. Thus, Shakespeare uses this hallucination of Banquo's ghost to show a stark contrast between how powerful Macbeth used to be when he was a warrior that was loyal to the king. However, his ambition and greed have caused his downfall and weakened his character into a malicious and brutal tyrant. Now, I would say this is a very, very strong level eight answer, and I'll show you why. Firstly, I open with a good point, okay? Again, I'm going to highlight the point in green, okay? And I link it to how he hallucinates. Now, in contrast to him being powerful, here we can see that he is extremely cowardly. So I'm actually going against the keyword here as him being powerful because I'm actually stating in my opening point, no, he's not powerful. As the play progresses, he becomes actually extremely cowardly. Then I add evidence and I do word level analysis. Now, the word level analysis that I do specifically is a structure point. I talk about sentence types, in this case, exclamatory sentence. Bear in mind that an exclamatory sentence is basically a sentence with an exclamation mark. So it's just a fancy way of referring and using a structure point. Then I have my explanation here. Okay, and as you can see here, I develop 
the fact that firstly Macbeth doesn't commit the actual murder so obviously in contrast to this where we see Macbeth he's the one who's right in the battlefield he's the one that's doing all of these gruesome deeds he is the one that's actually killing these enemies in contrast the essay shows that he's not that powerful by the end especially when he cowardly asks for Banquo to be killed now I develop my link now as you can see here my link is very very detailed and I also talk about how Shakespeare is using this hallucination when Macbeth is really scared of the ghost of Banquo to illustrate just how cowardly he has gotten now I would say this is actually a very very strong paragraph in terms of the point evidence explanation and the link However, maybe what could have been even better is to talk about the theme of kingship and to also show that the reason why Macbeth is paranoid is because he has violated the divine order or rather the divine right of kings by killing King Duncan, hence why he's now having these hallucinations which represent his guilt. However, again, once more, I've made some really, really strong points here and this definitely merits a very strong level 8 response or rather this merits this paragraph being seen as a very very strong level eight paragraph however to make it a level nine paragraph what would have been even better was to develop the context point and to talk about how because Macbeth violated divine uh, right of kings how he violated the notion of kingship by killing King Duncan this is God's way of punishing him he is um, he's constantly having the shadow of his treacherous actions following him hence why he hallucinates now let's look at my conclusion in conclusion, we as the audience can initially see that Macbeth is quite a powerful character when he respects his position as a thane and loyal warrior to the king. However, his tragic downfall is caused as he lets his ambition corrupt him and this leads him to betray the king as well as several characters who trust him in the play. Therefore, by the end of the play, he becomes a weak tyrant who we do not respect. And again, this conclusion is very strong. It's very good. And if you're running out of time, do you remember that your introduction and conclusion are just icing on the cake you want to spend your bulk of your time writing the main points okay introduction and conclusion should spend no more than a total of five minutes for both that means it's two and a half minutes you're spending writing both however if you become really rapid in writing your introductions and your conclusions how you could have maybe improved on this if you're able to write it fairly quickly is maybe adding how of course Macbeth at first is quite powerful and we can see this because he respects the natural divine right of kings at the beginning of the play however he becomes weaker as the play progresses once he violates this and of course also once he relies increasingly on the witches who corrupt him and how he be also becomes corrupted by ambition however i would argue that a level eight is still a very very good outcome to have and to aim for okay and this is essentially what a level eight answer would look like but of course if you're aiming for a level nine you would need to bring a little bit more in terms of the points that you are making so thanks so much for listening and do make sure you sign up for our GCSE English language and literature course which goes into lots and lots of different model essays relating to Macbeth and indeed other areas of English thanks so much for watching